same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the Thank you, Vandello, and welcome back, everybody, for season four of Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wapta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and with me, as always, is the light in the darkness. The man that is more than meets the eye. Uh, my Rodimus Prime. Wait, wait, what? It's Ben. I don't know if I like this new intro. I don't think I do either. <laughs> I decided that within season four, I'm going to be nice to Bear in, in my introduction. Uh, Was that nice? I, guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I, I if I appreciate this, this new... So much canon. Um, <laughs> and with us again, the lovely and talented, the Baronessa, Miss Jennifer Howland. Thank you, Bear. And it's my distinct pleasure to introduce a returning guest, Sarah Michael, and her lovely spouse, Bree. Thank you for coming. We love having you guys on the show. Thank you. Thank Thanks for having up. me. So, uh, we reached out to three. So this season will actually be catered, like chosen people. Instead of just asking people, hey, what would you like to do? We went out and found who we thought were either experts or would be good for the style um, of show that we were doing. And there is no one better for our Transformers episode than three. And as an additional bonus, Sarah, I understand that you hadn't gone through all of the Transformers stuff before. So this was an opportunity for your husband to introduce the world in its glory to you. I have been getting the world introduced to me, no matter how I felt about it, for a while now. <laughs> and some some aspects of it have been better than others. But that was that was actually in our wedding vows that I would support him even in the stuff that I didn't share with him. So he does it for some of my interests and I get to do it for some of his. And and I try not to ask embarrassing questions like which one's the tape deck one too often. <laughs> which tape deck one? There's an Autobot and a Decepticon. That is not fair. The tape I, deck one I was one I could reliably identify. <laughs> <laughs> so three, uh, we normally ask our new guests and you have not been on the show before. Four, uh, what is your history with comic books? Uh, coming up with it and uh, and specifically get into Transformers, but how did you come into comics? Wait, wait, wait. I just want to throw out, he's got issues. <laughs> <laughs> Finger guns, double barrels. Well, uh, my history with comic books, it goes back as far as I can remember. Um, I was... Um, when I was first learning how to read, uh, you know, I was very young, and comic books were something that um, my my mom and my grandmother liked to go garage sailing, and they would find them when they were out, and uh, so they were just it was something that you could buy out cheap, and it would entertain you know entertain me, and uh, it was something to help me learn how to read. So I I started <laughs> strangely enough on um, those comics that the uh, they're like basically tracks, you know, the biblical like uh, comic books that the Christian comic books oh chick tracks well chick tracks also but but these were like they were actual full-size comic books and they were the, the art on them was absolutely terrifying um <laughs> but that was uh those were things that like the catholic worker house would sometimes just give away to people and so you know the comic books were super duper cheap and i'd flip through them and 
you know, look at all the pictures and I was learning the words. And so that was basically how I learned how to read. And then I got into superhero comics pretty much immediately after that. So straight from, straight from Jesus to superhero. Awesome. Yep. yep. It's just always been Jesus. The Superman isn't that far. We all know that. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to it's, it's true. Also, you do kind of look like Bad Bob. Which is one of my one of my favorite chick tracks. Yeah, there there are so many terrifying ones. I I've got the one of the ones that I've got is uh, Alberto. I, I I bought some after I became an adult because I thought <laughs> so hilarious. Darkest Dungeon was always my favorite, which was the anti D and D chick track. Oh where, yeah, yeah, where the where the chick character dies and then she commits suicide. They actually made a movie based on it um, a couple of years ago. Have you? Yes. Is it as horrible as it looked? Um, it's it's uniquely. It's it, it's unique. Uh, my first DM, John Jenkins, showed that to me, um, and it's got Tom Hanks in it, if I'm remembering correctly. You are <laughs> actually thinking of Mazes and Monsters. That's the which... one. Is this a different one? I'm so sorry. Yeah, no. Darkest Dungeon was just done a couple of years ago, and it was oh, based they... on the Chick Track. Legit. Ooh. That's no. a different level. No, no I've not seen that film. Yikes. I own Mazes and Monsters on DVD. That's uh, an excellent flick. It, it is not. It is not by <laughs> any means. <laughs> uh, so speaking of flicks that aren't excellent, uh, we watched a few different Transformers movies for this, and some of them were excellent. One of <laughs> them was not. <laughs> So we started with the uh, 1985 uh, Transformers animated movie. Is it 85? 87? 85. I'm remembering 85. 85. Or yeah. Um, and as we did with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we introduced Jen slowly. Uh so the ones we will be discussing are the cartoon from the 80s, specifically the movie, though I I do have the first season, so I watched a few episodes that might bring up some things with that. The Michael Bay, the first Michael Bay Transformers movie, uh-huh. and Bumblebee. Uh, and actually, Jen did watch Bumblebee before she watched anything else that was Transformers related, uh, which probably so now the best way to enter the game experience. Right, right. That had to be very different. I'm very interested in hearing about that. Well, I I have to say that not like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even the bad ones I enjoyed... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you were talking you were talking to me the other day and i wanted to make sure to bring this up why you identified more with transformers right. than you did teenage Mutant Ninja so Turtles. um one of my first crushes and a show that i watched avidly as a child was ultraman oh. so i do have an affinity with the uh, robot i guess <laughs> great big giant robots that shoot lasers yes Affinity. Yeah. Yeah. Giant robots are amazing. You got Ultraman. You got, uh, of course, Voltron. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. And and uh, one of the things we found watching, so Marvel just on Disney Plus just released Marvel Six One Six, which is pretty cool documentary series. The first episode is about the Japanese Spider-Man show mm-hmm. um, that wasn't allowed to be in the United States for like a super long time. But one of the things in that, and I can't find anything I was researching to try and uh, justify this guy's claims. The guy that made the toy, the car for Spider-Man, or Japanese Spider-Man, uh, the car transformed. And he said he was the first person to make a toy that transformed. Into a robot. This was not reciprocated on the Toys That Made Us episode on Transformers that I watched, so <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll we'll leave that claim out there. But... Uh, history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, 
if you are interested in things like Transformers and uh, how the Japanese culture in the 70s and 80s um, was changed and like packaged, uh, those are the two shows that I'd recommend. I'd start with the Marvel 616 episode on um, on Japanese Spider-Man just because they were like, Marvel was like, yeah, sure, whatever you want to do with the property, just make sure it never comes to the United States. You could literally do whatever you want with it. Was it the, the 70s or the 60s? It was the 70s. I thought it was the 60s. Early 70s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, go ahead. You can sell us books, just don't, just don't, you know, make sure that anybody else finds out about it. Right, right. Well, it's because, yeah, manga didn't translate over here, and American comics didn't translate over there, but they knew that there was the link between comic books, TV, and toys. Like, Bandai had done a bang-up job, you know, doing all of that stuff. So, Or early Bandai, whatever their name was before yeah. they Bandai. became eventually Bandai. Well, and what's interesting is when we were watching that episode, it they also said that manga were popular with all ages, where in the 60s and 70s, comic books were not popular with adults in the United States. So it was a completely different culture, a culture that, you know, I think now in, in the United States, adults are probably the primary consumers of comic books now yeah it uh it's interesting and now uh I, i'm gonna i know three loves this kind of like comic book trivia kind of stuff too but um it goes in in like a roller coaster because the 40s and 50s you're looking at world war ii comics were big with adults and then for yeah. some reason there's there's the the 60s and 70s are a low point Kind of comes well, back up drugs. in the 80s. I mean, mm. Well, yeah. It's the 60s and 70s. Adults weren't reading comics. They were just doing drugs. You get <laughs> enough acid in you, and you don't have to read comics to go to fantasy land. Yeah, also, uh, reading comics if you tried. Reading's hard. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, the 40s, uh, there were there were a lot more lifestyle comics in the States. There were, uh, you know, the romance comics. There were the mm-hmm. military comics, cowboy comics. Uh, when, when with the 50s, you started getting... Um, there there wasn't really even superheroes at that point. I mean, there were you had Superman and, um, and large and small of it, just about, you know. And then the 60s is really when in the silver the, the silver ages exploded with the superhero stuff in the state. But then because of that, you know, it, it, the lifestyle comics kind of went away because they they had to sell books and superheroes were selling. So uh, to to bring it back to Transformers. Uh, Three, did you watch Transformers like when it originally aired in the early 80s? Yeah, uh, I watched it two times a day. They, there was a whole episode in the afternoon after school, and the Bozo Show showed like five minutes of an old episode every morning before I went. Oh, yeah, yeah. After the grand prize game. Yep. I wanted that $100 bill and I wanted that bike. Focus <laughs> 6 was so easy. I don't know how people could ever miss that. <laughs> Yeah, the only time I ever even got close to the grand prize game was at a showbiz pizza, so <laughs> that was just a ticket. Uh, okay, so I want to start this. So I'm I'm gonna go chronologically. So we're gonna start with the with the '80s um, cartoon movie, which was for for the kids. It was oh my god, they're making a movie out of our favorite cartoon. For the adults and behind the scenes with uh, Marvel, uh, who owned the property, and with. Um, the toy manufacturers the idea was to and i didn't know this before to kill off as many characters as we could to introduce our new line of characters so that we could sell new toys yeah oh god <laughs> like they they, they um, the idea that we can also just introduce new toys was completely alien to them they we can't just introduce new characters we got to get this other stuff off the shelf right right so bear did you watch it 
originally, like in the in the theaters as a kid? I no, I I lived in rural South Dakota, so getting to the theaters was pretty much a rarity. Um, but as soon as you know we saw it available on video, like we had a copy. Mm-hmm. All right, and so, I wore that cassette tape out. Wait, point of order: this existed before um, I did. Uh, so it was released in theaters. This was not a television special. This was... no, this was this was one hundred percent in theaters, and in fact, it hit the year's top twenty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. like it was a box office. Like it was, it was. Uh, it was a toy uh, commercial. It was a box oh, office yeah. smash. Intricately yeah. plotted toy commercial. I am. Yeah. It would, have, it would have played so much better if it would have been a TV special because of the absolute wailing of the children in the theaters. It was terrifying. <laughs> I was I was among them. All of the kids were screaming and crying. That was going to be my next home. question. Is is three and bear? Because I did. Did you cry at the death of Optimus Prime? First time you watched. Oh yeah. I don't think I did. I think I was just kind of in shock. Like like mom mom what's What's going on? Like, why is why did he turn gray? See, like, I specifically asking my I remember asking my mom if I when I died will I turn gray? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Eventually, hey, what, what do you say to that as a parent? Like, kind of, but man, I don't want to go down this road with you. Like, it was it was Carmen. She's like, no, don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Stop crying. Yeah, it's a cartoon. It's, it's cartoon. Like cartoons are real. Stop it. Oh, I, I cried twice because uh, after he died, I spent the whole rest of the movie going, "Well, they're gonna bring him back somehow. It'll be amazing, you know." And then the credits roll, and I, you know, it, they just ripped the wound open again. Right? <laughs> no, I mean the credits rolled, and by then Ultra Magnus was dead too, and you're just like, right. "Oh my god!" For the first five minutes, you watch so much death, you're like, "You've never seen so much death," and you're just stunned. It was, uh, it was noisy the amount of crying that was going it was like you could hardly hear the movie <laughs> right wow yeah <laughs> and, and so uh, i just need to tell you that wading into this emotional quagmire with your grown-ass husband when like none of these toys have meaning to you like you didn't just cry as a child i'm saying it <laughs> <laughs> well no it's yeah, i mean yeah it's got that emotional core mm-hmm. what? When was, when was the when was the movie released? Eighty five. Eighty five. Okay, that explains it. Yeah. Um, I was uh, a teenager, and this was not on my radar. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for the people that, uh, well, for for Sarah and Jen who had not uh, delved into this world as deeply before. What was the one thing, because I know what Jen's answer is, what was the one thing that surprised you the most about the cartoon movie? (sighs) All right, it's been a while since I've watched that fully. I don't... It was it was just a very uncomfortable experience because the movie and I and I'm not even trying to throw shade at my darling husband. It was just that the movie really predicated the emotional impact on you having watched these series for years as a child. Um, uh, uh, I also watched the movie Serenity before I watched any Firefly. And by the time, spoiler alert, Wash died, I cared about that character in Serenity. I, I wish I could say the same about Optimus in, in the Transformers movie, but it just, it was not quite as well established because they were busy killing off 
as we've mentioned, other characters that I also wasn't invested in. So that that was the, the for me, that was the core. And it was great hearing that this was a, we have to clear the shelves yeah. production. Like, the, <laughs> so fantastic to me and and completely explains why we don't we don't have time to explain any of these characters to you we just have to slaughter them and very difficult to dive into that so i guess that was the surprise to me was the death that to me was meaningless and uncomfortably clearly not for the love of my life so (laughs) levels it was like the whole thing was meaningless because the they weren't doing it for anything, any anything to advance the plot. Right. You know, it was just get them out. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it was like the only character arc they really had was Rodimus. Yeah. You know, because you got if you got Judd Nelson, you got to use Judd Nelson to his full. Yeah. So Jen, what was the most surprising to you? Um. Well, frankly, you remember something that I don't because what what were the you... opening credits is what I'm remembering because you were like. Who is in this? Oh, right. What is happening? That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Like, the opening credits were rolling, and I'm like, wait, how did they get these people to be in this movie? Oh, my God. (laughs) I think there was a point where I actually stood up and screamed. It was Orson Orson Welles. Welles. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, no. no. How is this possible? And then I remembered money. Yeah. And and Orson Welles is a giant talking butthole. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, yeah, and so that it you was... mentioned that that was striking to me also. Like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What the hell? They got well, so yeah, right. The only <laughs> the only thing that the only correlation I can make that it just doesn't make sense and it means money is the cast of the movie for Cats. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> How did they get these amazing actors to do this stupid movie? So, Jen and I... I, That has got to have something to do with uh, Money's best friend, Drunk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I... I am a big fan of of multiple different podcasts, which is why I started my own. Uh, But Mm -hmm. one of my favorites is called How Did This Get Made? Which is Paul Shear, his wife, June uh, Renee Layfield. Yeah, I think so. And and Jason Manzoukas going through movies that there is no reason they should have been made. Like, I got hooked on them because they did an episode on Hudson Hawk, and I love that movie, but I understand that it is crack mad. Um, but they did Cats, and if you don't know who Jason Manzoukas is, he's a character actor. He's been on like Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was on A Good Place. He he's yeah, the... he's Rafi and Derek. We love yes, Jason yeah. yeah. He is yeah. he's he's the the crazy Greek guy that shows up in just about everything now. But he's a fantastic character actor. But he basically <laughs> started the show by being like, "This was an assault." I feel assaulted i i do not like how i am feeling right now i had to take a shower i watched cats i am i don't feel safe i don't feel safe (laughs) (laughs) and hearing somebody like jason manzuka say that i'm like okay now now i gotta watch it it's also the story of how jen and i discovered our three bottle limit when it comes to wine Two. Two's fine. fine. You're having a good time. Yep. Maybe even like a nightcap afterwards if you have like one shot of liquor in a, in a you know, three yeah. bottles of wine Not is not going to be a great night. It does not even matter if you start at like 5 p.m. No, no, no. It's... <laughs> It's it's fine for the night. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's the next day. It's the next day. Um, but yeah, cats. Cats was an experience. Cats. Ooh, yeah. But I bet the three bottles weren't enough, really. Um. Well, you know, you're right, three. <laughs> <laughs> 
halfway through, we were like, you know, this would have been better with buttholes. (laughs) (laughs) Talking buttholes with the voice of Orson Welles. There we go. (laughs) Bring us back. Bring us right back. (laughs) With the talking butthole. Uh, So I'm going to throw the uh, comic book series in before we get to the Michael Bay Transformers. So we read uh, on three's suggestion the first, the generation one. So the first six issues out of IDW when they kind of took over the 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 series uh the well, comic series just I just wanted to clarify that originally that was uh Dreamwave that did that right it was originally yeah and then IDW purchased the the property off of them right but. and so all all re re like reissues and and right. have the IDW label on them they're also very expensive to get if you just want to get a hard copy <laughs> they're Difficult I, to find and very expensive. I, I I wasn't aware of that until Bear told me about that. I I scored mine from half price books for like next to nothing, and I almost bought a hard copy they had there for like twenty bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're like yeah. seventy bucks now. <laughs> well then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we uh we went ahead and, and fired up our Comicsology and we we read them digitally. Uh, Which I prefer anyway. Right. Uh, so let's talk about this. Because this this comic series, I had read some of the original Marvel stuff. And the original Marvel stuff in the 80s was a lot more like the cartoon. It was a lot more, you know, other than the movie of the cartoon. It was yeah. a lot more like, you know, hey, we're on, we're on a bot. So we're trying to stop the Decepticons. And there's Energon Cubes. And there's like all this stuff. And then like you start in the comic. And this is the most mild of spoilers. Because it's literally in the first couple pages. Uh, Optimus Prime runs into Daniel, Spike's son, and Daniel's like, you killed my father. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, whoa, back the... F- what yeah. happened? <laughs> so, obviously a very different tonal shift into a more adult comic. So, Three, can you talk to a little bit about why you chose, out of, I'm sure, the, the grand dearth of Transformers comics that have been happening since the 80s, why you chose... This one is our introductory. Yeah, uh, this... This particular book, to me, it, it had both the characters and sort of the aesthetic that you're more familiar with from the original material, from you know, the original Marvel comics. Um, certainly not the toys, but then again, the, not, the toys didn't look like anything because they were just, you know, convenience. They were other properties anyway. But um, you, so you're used to the, the aesthetic and the way that these the characters look and have already been built. But this is the first time that you really get to see them from more um, from a more adult perspective. You know, the, it's the first first time that they go into any more uh, political kind of leanings or anything like that. Hashtag, I, I did send you, hashtag Megatron was right. Halfway through yeah. me reading this, and Megatron yeah. starts to make some very, very captivating points about humanity, and I'm like, I can't argue with you, Megatron. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, thoughts on the comic uh, from, from the rest of our panel? I, I mean, I, we have our question at the end, will you continue reading, but what were your impressions coming out? Um, I was impressed with it. I mean, it was it was a quick read. I mean, the issues were were pretty short but um i don't i think that the storyline was interesting it kept me engaged um and that's another reason why it was a quick read for me um it did it reminded me it had the like feeling of like avengers movies or captain america you know like that level of political intrigue and what have you um which i was surprised i didn't expect um so kudos three i i I enjoyed reading them i'm glad to hear yeah i uh i also very much enjoy them um i was i was really kind of astonished at the and i don't know if it's just because it was digital but the 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 vibrancy of the color 
Like it really reminded me of, you know, just the toys back in the day. Um, everything bright, shiny, you know, flashy. Um, the plot line was excellent. I, um, and I, I had a, I had read, I'd actually subscribed to, um, the Transformers comic. I don't remember which series it was. I think it was older than these, um, which is why and I had read up through um, the point where um, they introduced the AllSpark, which is why I was so damn upset with the movie. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, you, we don't have the AllSpark and we are not keeping it inside the Hoover Dam. What, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was, I was just angry. <laughs> Um, so before the comic, get... yeah, the comic itself uh, that we that we read was it was amazing. Like I I definitely want to get my hands on more of that. Sarah, I specifically wanted to ask you because this is kind of a follow up to your uh, episode last season with Guardians of the Galaxy, where we read <laughs> where we read Cancerverse comics and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in in space. And at that time, <laughs> you talked pretty pretty uh, in depth about how you are more of an auditory um, person and, and visual medium generally is not what translates well for you. And also that Guardians of the Galaxy comic was very dark, not dark tonally, like dark. Literally, <laughs> visually dark. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, and so I'm curious your thoughts on this, especially when one of the other complaints you had that we all had about the Guardians of the Galaxy comic was there so many characters just thrown at you and you were expected to know who the hell they were? And this also does that. Yes, it does. Yeah. At the risk of sounding jaded, I was kind of used to the Transformers property doing that to me because that's all they do in the movie. <laughs> and that sounds, that's what she said. Um, there, <laughs> there were definitely times reading this comic when I thought like legit to myself, huh, comic full of robot cars is a definite way to punish yourself for complaining about a comic full of humans and aliens being difficult to visually parse. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, yeah. We I didn't have Nova in this one, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> technically. Uh, I found this one easier to manage, though, and this will sound bad, but part of it is because the Guardians of the Galaxy comic and fighting with it kind of taught me that I don't need to catch every millimeter. You know, you can kind of get the overall impression that this is a fight. Um, also, this comic ended up being much more verbal in just the heavy use of onomatopoeia, which yeah. ac actually got to a level that felt kind of silly to me. But but I can't lie, it did help me parse the you know scenes that I was seeing because I knew if doom 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 happened in this scene, something was getting smashed three times, and I could probably find what was doing the smashing in the scene. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the onomatopoeia really, it, I think it really showed that this person was probably a fan of the cartoons who who wrote that or, or designed those layouts because it felt very cartoony mm -hmm. the way the visuals and the uh uh sound effects were presented as it were so that may have been why it was a little more accessible as well i enjoyed this one more than the guardians of the galaxy which i'll admit i was kind of surprised to do but i like awesome. i like the storyline better a little bit yeah and not getting too much into it in the spoilers territory this this plot was awesome this this just six issue arc and there's a lot to unpack in it and a lot of like it adds a lot more depth to what you would normally see from a transformers comic and i particularly enjoyed did i bring up steven universe on my first recording i think i did i'm going to go for two for two okay 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so it wasn't a quiz. Everyone was quiet. Um, <laughs> we, we all just went, uh. uh <laughs> that was many beers ago. Um, the, the question of organic versus inorganic life and what strengths and weaknesses does each one have is a common theme that I liked, liked, enjoyed seeing in this Transformers comic in part because I really enjoy Steven Universe. Well, I mean, to that end though, I mean, are they, are the Transformers inorganic? I mean, just because we perceive machines as being inorganic, they are sentient. So are they? They've never really gone in depth on... Um, like their nervous system right. or How anything their like work. that. Yeah. Well, that so, was one of the things when we were watching the, the cartoon movie that you brought up, Jen, mm-hmm. is you were like, so Cybertron, how can you tell the difference between what's a person and what's a building? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, <laughs> the, the Transformers are talking, the buildings are not. And then Maybe there was a building it. that turned into a robot. And I'm like, well, screw it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All bets are off. You want to get to it at a fundamental level, though. We scientists currently don't know what makes something alive. Like sometimes right. some atoms get really excited. And we don't know why those do it, not the other ones. Mm. Yeah. So maybe maybe all the buildings are alive. Like The fun part is when you have uh, a Transformer get out of a ship, and the ship then transforms into another Transformer, and they both walk out of the hangar, and the entire base turns into another Transformer and walks out of the city. Right. <laughs> 26 miles tall and transforms into another robot. So what's the protocol for one Transformer being inside another Transformer? Consent. (laughs) (laughs) Consent. That's all we care about is if it's consensual, it's fine. And how many like adolescent Transformer jets are like, I don't want to carry around other people just because I can fly. That shouldn't be my fucking problem, dad. Like how, how much strife is there in Transformer society? Well, or or fear. Like, what do you mean I have to have other Transformers inside of me? <laughs> and well, I'm responsible for flying them places? What if I crash and we all die? I can't do this, man. Why was I born but plug a con? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of but Speaking of butt plugs, uh, let's talk about the Michael Bay movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice segue. Nice segue. Uh, I, okay, so I don't even know. Like, we watched it again because Jen hadn't seen it. I had never seen it. And frankly, I have to admit that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was still bad, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. This is also going to be a theme this season. Uh, tune in for our episode on Green Lantern. True. <laughs> uh, Graphically novel. This could have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I think that's, that's a, a great lot. tag. That's yeah. like season four in general, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, oh, man. It's... I remember it being a lot harder to, to take because I guess I had just hadn't seen as many properties turned into horrible things up until then uh you know or if i did it was like roger corman's fantastic four which we already knew was going to be bad and you know david hasselhoff as nick fury uh you know those kind of things um but this the only thing i really remembered about it was hating that at one point an autobot pees on someone (laughs) (laughs) like that was all I really could remember before going into it. And I still hated that part, that you still should not have Autobots peeing on people. 
yeah, it shouldn't be something it shouldn't be something that the series needs yeah uh yeah and a uh and a very young actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf <laughs> It was, was the highlight for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all I have to say is I was, I, I had heard so many things about this movie. And one of the things that I heard was about Megan Fox as an actress. And while she is not that great, she was not as bad as I was told she was. Well, and this is also the second Michael Bay property yes. that you have seen her in. The first being when we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, she that was April is, Oh my god, she sucked ass in that movie. <laughs> Everyone sucked ass in that movie. I think her IMDb should have actor in quotes, despite <laughs> despite the fact that she killed in Jennifer's body. I haven't seen that one yet. It's on my it's on my catching up on horror list. Um, but the one that I was really impressed with Megan Fox in was her run on New Girl. Um, when she's there's a season where Jess is is gone and she's the roommate she's the roommate that moves in and she was actually really funny in that um but yeah megan fox aside uh bear what were your first thoughts when you watched the michael bay transformers movie when i when i first saw it and i can't remember if i saw it in the theater or not um i was actually really impressed with um the introduction how they did the transformations um, how they explained the um, <clears throat> how the Hoover Dam was built? Well, no. <laughs> how they explained like how everybody like why why they were making um, Bumblebee into you know not a beetle anymore. Um, right. Where basically you know it's like oh we can just scan a vehicle and then change you know how we do that. And I was like okay that's I can I can handle that I can live with that. Um, having Soundwave running around um, you know just being an annoying little shit <laughs> as opposed to like this great big hulking robot that you know has itty bitty little tape decks pop out of him. I was just like this is awkward but and then we put him in you know basically make him a toaster um i was ab- absolutely thrilled with that um and then the whole hoover dam thing started and i just i hated it after that <laughs> and i didn't i did not hate it enough to write a song about it though <laughs> that's a level yeah that's a new level of hatred for it you gotta really hate it to do something like that yeah oh i i, I think somebody else here wrote a song about it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I my hatred has over time sort of coalesced into a different understanding of the movie. Um, I think now, uh, upon further viewing, the way I feel about it is uh, if they would have just named it something else with different character names, same movie, just name everybody something different, call it maybe robots that turn into other stuff or something like that. <laughs> GoBots. It could have been GoBots. It could have been GoBots. It would have made a fine popcorn movie if it weren't tied to this rich history and, uh, you know, these, these established characters. Jen, what were your first? Um, my first. Well, it was, I think we watched it after watching the the animated movie. We watched Bumblebee first, then the animated right. movie, and we finished with the so, Bumblebee Transformers. Watching Bumblebee first helped because I at least knew, like, knew on site, like, a character. Like, Who was I, my favorite growing up, by the way. Bumblebee I could, was, you know, was like, I got favorite. it that, like, Bumblebee was the yellow one. This is, you know, and vaguely like a bee in the Michael Bay movie. Um, but the, the thing about the animated movie that I, that I had a hard time following was I had no idea who was a good guy, who was a bad guy. You couldn't tell. 
their little symbols? The symbols are very small. They're very small. And I don't know what the, they never say. This is a good guy symbol. This is a bad guy symbol. And so I was like, okay, I don't know who's fine. Like, who should I be rude? I don't, whatever. Um, and I felt Me like also, every my- time I watch football, <laughs> <laughs> if they're the Dallas Cowboys, they're the bad guy. You gotta tell me what color their shirts are. Like that is where we're starting. Right. So I, I felt like in the in the original Michael Bay Transformers movie, I had kind of a similar issue. Um, as far as knowing like when there was a fight, first of all, trying to follow any of that action. <laughs> Second of all, so many explosions you can't see what's going on. And so it was like, I don't know, like, okay, I'm just having shit thrown on the screen in front of me. I don't know what's going on. It's bad. I know that because everybody's screaming and there are things blowing up. (laughs) Although not always, because we did realize like there are like giant transformer fights that are starting and people are in the street just like staring at them like mm-hmm. huh that's a thing yeah. and it's not until what like right it's not until like buildings start collapsing that they're like oh no we better run <laughs> we chose to stand outside and gawk yeah right that ball of tinfoil is going to beat up that other giant ball of tinfoil <laughs> there yeah. might be repercussions that could affect us negatively guess we better yeah. go get that vaccine <laughs> <laughs> Michael really loved spending a lot of money animating really intricately moving Transformers parts that apparently did fuck all. (laughs) (laughs) The crumpled ball of foil really brought that visual to my head. Like every inch was like suit, like the Matrix code on like every, (laughs) but no, just might as well have been crunched up foil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's let uh, let's move to a high note. Bumblebee. Yay! Which was actually a fun movie. It was fun. Um, do you think the focus on just one transformer, like like making one transformer kind of your your whole focus and, and why you're following that story? I mean, they kind of did that in the beginning of the Transformers, and then when the other ones show up, it becomes a shit show. Yeah. Because that's when a dog pees on a robot, and yep. the robot learns to pee on things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what aspects of Bumblebee did you all appreciate? Um, or, well, I guess we should start with, did you appreciate Bumblebee more? I'm assuming. But if you did, what aspects did you appreciate more on one than the other? Well, I'm going to jump right in because I think that I feel like it gave the story some breathing room. So you were able to get more information about the the overall story and the other characters in Bumblebee, which you did not get at all in Transformers. You know, it was like alluded to, they kind of talked about stuff, but in Bumblebee, it it like really lays it all out. And maybe when you are focusing on one character, you have more time to, you know, say, okay, and this is how this character fits into that overarching story. Um, I, I thought it was so much more well done. It was really a good movie. I enjoyed it. And I, and I think that it really gave me more background on Transformers and Cybertron and the whole world than anything else that we saw um, movie-wise. And I felt, teeny spoiler here, I felt that um, the use of the memory loss was a really good way to get expository without being expository and luxury <laughs> and like awkward. Um, and I agree. I felt like this was a really, it was a good movie to really familiarize yourself with the, with the, you know, the series. Um, I enjoyed a lot about it. It reminded me a lot of E.T. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It had an Amblin feel. 
It did. You're right. Yeah. Bear? I actually am a failure and did not get around to watching the Bumblebee movie yet. You gave me an extra hour. Extra <laughs> hour. <laughs> Well, we I, I think we can all say you are missing out because hey, oh, absolutely! If you, if you have watched the Tire Fire Michael Bay movie and not Bumblebee, you uh, I've seen like three of the Tire Fire Michael Bay movies. And no, you should do yourself you a favor. Yeah, and we, we need to go watch. I mean, I did watch um, Transformers War for Cybertron. Right, which, which is the new Netflix. Yeah, the new Netflix property. And if you haven't seen that, go watch it. It is it is superb. You watched that, didn't you? Ben? Oh yeah, I, okay. I watched that right away. Um, yeah, I see. I, I loved it. Um, oh, there's there's a lot of talk in the Transformers community, and there is one um, about uh, <laughs> about whether or not that was good or not. But uh, I think that what they need to remember is like that now they're not the target audience. We're not. You know, our kids are. And um, right. so, but but they also wanted to make something for the fans as well so they you know, there's a nod to that but you can't spend all the money on not the target market it was amazing for what it was you can't get warren ellis to do all of your properties like <laughs> he's done gi joe and he's done castlevania at this point like i would be interested in seeing him give the the, the if you haven't seen uh warren ellis did gi joe resolute and he kills like six joes that you know in the first 10 minutes like of this of this three we episode need to, series we need to add that to the list gi joe yeah i don't think it's on on our master so. list at all nope i want to do anything that has warren ellis involved what was that we could talk about the transformers gi joe crossover that happened like twice that's true yes yep because they were both marvel properties they yeah. were both toy commercials also absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> over that that is an uncomfortable element of the movie like this is just like especially seeing how it emotionally affected you know and hearing how it emotionally affected people as children like this was just psychological manipulation of children to sell toys yes yeah. wow <laughs> So oh, was yeah. so were most cartoons out of the eighties. I mean, and nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My pet monster, My Little Pony, Strawberry Shortcake, Shirt Tails, Shirt Tails, Glowworms. These were all just Wuzzles. Yeah, these were all just gigantic commercials designed to make kids go, "Mom, Dad, I want you to buy that for me." Jen sitting here like those were certainly words. Yeah. And I was just over the edge of that because I was into the Captain Planet and the DuckTales and the Tailspin and things that oh, were not quite tails. as merchandise driven. Sorry, babe, that what were you saying? Not. I mean, that was, it was crazy because you almost had to wait for the merch to come out. See, I was I was a fan of the show that was the most blatant You Must Buy the Toys and it was called Captain Power. And Captain oh, Power yeah. no. was a space opera, yeah. basically, but it had, like, ship fights. And you had your ship that had a little trigger on it with a little guy in a cockpit, and if you didn't shoot the screen during the show and it felt like the whatever wave come out of the TV, your little guy would eject out of the cockpit and your your toy would basically you were interacting with the show and you had to shoot oh. it yeah, yeah you, you had find laser tag with yes yeah oh my gosh this is bonkers I, I have, have you a ever question. seen a have you ever seen a movie called Friday the 13th I have <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, sorry, three. Go oh, ahead. Oh no, it's cool. I just for um, this is something for Bear to think about when he if he decides to watch Bumblebee later. I would recommend it. Um, the the thing about Bumblebee is that it's still officially canon in the Bayverse. It happens in the same universe that trans that the Michael Bay Transformers movie happens in, and Michael Bay is the producer on Bumblebee. But it's so much more uh, faithful to the yeah. characters, the mm-hmm. source material, and the way everybody looks. And think about if you could retroactively take that level of faithfulness and that level of fan service and that level of amazing storytelling and have put that retroactively into the first Transformers movie and where we could be now had we moved from that starting point. That's a really excellent point. Also, the champ is here. Because John Cena's in that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be able to see him, though. That's true. Yeah. He is Who's wearing that? camouflage. Who is that general. talking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, side note, there is not a single movie I've seen John Cena in that I did not enjoy him in. He's like, fantastic. Yeah. He really is. Like, his, he has minor parts in Trainwreck and Sisters, and both of them are hilarious. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I love the safe word is keep going. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and yeah. he, he is just in interviews and stuff, too. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. I was a wrestler that became a, a, a movie star. And when I was a wrestler, I made fun of wrestlers that became movie stars. Like, yeah. that was how I made my chops, was basically dogging on Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yep. <laughs> and then I did the exact same thing. It's all, uh, it's all the part of the kayfabe. Yep. Yep. So, uh, any other questions before we go to our, our final I have a two-part for this one. Ooh. Ooh. Fancy. All right. Uh, so three, I'm going to assume, the, the first part, I'm going to assume you're going to keep reading Transformers graphic novels and comic books uh, as they as they continue. But will you continue watching Transformers media if Bumblebee is the new baseline? Will that bring if, you to the theaters? If Bumblebee is the new baseline, that, that could actually, I think that could get me into a theater. Um, they really, it's, uh, they elevated that particular property so much. Um, part of the reason I didn't like the, the Bavers uh, movies uh, also had to do with the fact that, you know, the cartoons focused on the robot and the Michael Bay movie largely focused on Shia LaBeouf, which is fine, but that's not the story. And um, when you take that same formula and now you are getting to know one character, you, you it really benefits from having the human interest story. It benefits from having other people in it because now you're focusing on this one item. I think that moving forward, if they were to use that same kind of formula, it would be something that would be worth watching. Sarah, comic and movies. I mean, I don't know that I am invested enough in the franchise to keep reading the comics. But if there was a comic I was going to continue, it would probably be this one. A, because I know they're going to keep coming into my house. (laughs) 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 Because I do do find the plot line and the question at the core of it um, really interesting and fascinating. There was there was enough about the layout of the comic and then how it was drawn and, and things like that that mm, I'm probably not tracking it down on my own. But yeah, it'll come, like I said, it'll come into my house. <laughs> I'll have access. Okay, how about the movie? As far as the movie, I would uh, say much more heartily yes that if Bumblebee is the new standard, I would be much more interested in that. Um, the treatment of the female human character was just honestly quite a bit better and it was a better human as well as robot storyline um so yeah i 
I, I can see myself continuing in that vein. Yeah. Fair. I mean, I would probably, I don't know if I would actually go to a theater to see it immediately. Um, I'm probably going to wait, see what reviews end up being like, you know. See if theaters even continue being a thing. Yeah, theaters even continue existing after this plague. Um, I'm, I'm just a little gun shy because I've seen one of my most beloved series get put through the ringer. Um, G.I. Joe was terrible too. Like there's like all these you know, great toys that we grew up with as kids that they turned into movies that they absolutely ruined in the movies. If before editing happens for, for this, for our release in January, happy 2021, by the way, everyone, obviously we're great and have flying cars and, and everything's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I may put a post script, just uh, like a few minutes of your thoughts on Bumblebee. If you can get it watched in the next week. Editor's note, he did not get it watched in a week. Okay. I would be really interested because I know you're invested in it and I know you've been a longtime fan. Uh, I, I think it'd be a good, it'd be cathartic for you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, to finally be like, there's something good. Right? It won't um, hurt you. <laughs> Yeah, I um I'd be interested in seeing um a movie, a new movie, you know, another movie in this following Bumblebee in that kind of direction. I I think I would enjoy it. And Sarah, to your point, I really felt like it kind of hit the sweet spot of um the human story as well as the robot story. You know, it was good. It didn't the 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 human story didn't overshadow. You know, and it I think that they used both to further the the characters storylines um as far as the comic i mean it i enjoyed it um it's probably not something i'm going to seek out future episodes of especially uh while we're still doing this podcast because (laughs) i have enough homework as it is (laughs) but um i did enjoy it and i was surprised i was surprised that i enjoyed it as much as i did um so you know. So after the second Transformers movie, Michael Bay movie, I didn't watch anymore. And there was a particular trip back during my LARP days when we used to pile in a van and have a six hour drive to somewhere to go pretend to be vampires for a weekend where uh, I was in a in the van uh, driving and my friend Danny Hennigan was explaining to me the plot of the newest Transformers movie, uh, which I think was three, where there were like eggs, like the Transformers were hatching out of eggs at one point and they were underwater and it just sounded very like alien. Um, and so I never watched anything past the second one because I, and then Bumblebee, enough people talked about it that it got me into it. So I think the movie, absolutely. If it follows Bumblebee, um, it's not one of the properties I'm going to actively be like excited about or like following. Um, but I will probably, you know, if there's nothing else in the theater, um, and I want to go see a movie, it'll it'll get me into the theater. Um, as for the comic, it's on my list. It's just further down my list. Um, I loved Transformers when I was a kid, but I was... A, it, it was a uh, the beginning of a, of a long tradition of other things grabbing my attention, like, very quickly. So, you know, Transformers was first, but uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe were, like, much bigger for me. And then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was even bigger than that. Like, it was huge for me. So that's why I, like, will still kind of follow some of those properties to this day. Um, Do we have He-Man on the list anywhere? Because We did. We did. And I think it dropped off. There's going to be, that's going to be an episode. Well, and they're making a new He-Man 
uh, yeah, movie. Yeah. Well, good because Dolph Lundgren was yeah yeah was a thing that happened in my childhood that I'm. Oh, we'll watch with. that one. <laughs> we will watch yeah, that one. Skeletor just looked like he was a lucha libre. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I if I have the opportunity, uh, idly, I would I would totally keep going with the IDW comics. They they definitely piqued my interest. But yeah, like you said, Jen, there's just so many other things, especially that we found in this that I'm now actively pursuing um that my my time for reading is so with all the other media and everything and you know cyberpunk 2077 swallowing my life right now Mm -hmm. that there are only so many minutes in the day yeah and you must use them wisely right so three and six oh go ahead i I did want to just point out that um the, the the thing that's so weird is that um you know chronologically speaking bumblebee came before the other michael bay movies but it's so we go from it, it the source material saying things like freedom is the is the right of all sentient beings all the way up to uh racist ice cream truck transformers oh no movie. i forgot about that oh man i thought that hadn't come up on purpose i thought we were skirting from the super racist element of the bay former universe Ooh, glad we got to there though it's important <laughs> What was the name of the ice cream truck in, uh, oh, it was the car series on PlayStation. Twisted, Twisted Metal? Metal. Twisted Metal. Yeah. What was the name of that? Sweet Tooth. Yeah. It's like Sweet Tooth was dropped into an actual movie. I can't, I can't hear the song Paint It Black without, without thinking about Twisted, Twisted Metal. Metal. I'm sorry. Spectre all day, every day. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Oh, okay. This is I the go-to know. wall. I've never heard of this, though. Oh, it's a, it's an old video game series that was basically like Pretty a demolition badass. derby and one of the characters was an ice cream truck that could set people on fire and like the top was a creepy clown face yeah oh, okay because when you started talking about it all i could think of was the movie cars the pixar movie cars and i'm like <laughs> what? i don't remember i would pay for a twisted metal version of the pixar movie cars oh <laughs> sign <laughs> me up that's right because oh, yeah, actual yeah, because Axel's the most the most like confusing character in that universe. Because Axel was literally a dude that is in a giant wheel, <laughs> like strapped into it. Anyway, Yay. on that note, uh, three and Sarah, thank you so much for for uh, coming on and uh, dropping some knowledge on us and yeah. helping us out to kick off season four it's so good to talk to you guys at, and i don't it's not the pandemic talking i just love talking to you guys <laughs> agreed, agreed um i i just want to put one final shameless plug in if that's okay absolutely yeah. um you know we discussed why i chose this particular graphic novel um i i think it's just it's a great jumping off point that said lost light um is probably the best Transformers story arc that I've ever read. Um, it, it, you know, it's got quantum drive engines. It's got space travel. The whole thing. It's very sci-fi. It's very political. Uh, the characters are given, you know, full 3D treatment. It's, it's great. So cool. I think on this show, the only other one that we briefly discussed was when uh, Starscream gets the AllSpark. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Awesome. It was a pretty epic moment in that comic book. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, For everybody else, uh, welcome to the new season. Uh, Join us next week when we'll be talking about Deadly Class. It won't be that bad. Join us next week where (laughs) I get to be awkward again while Josh tries to compliment me. (laughs) 
We'll see how that goes throughout the season. Oh, really and there's a, there's a special. There's a special for Deadly Class. There's, oh, a right. A special celebration. Right, because it will be join, not only Jen's us. birthday, but also our, our, guest. our guest host, Dan Schaefer. It will be his birthday. So double birthday, uh, Deadly Class celebration as we talk about nin- or, uh, Assassin High School. High school. <laughs> so, uh, until next time, take it away, Vandello. Maybe it's wrong, maybe it's right, but you don't want to see my